Remember that if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. But if you are determined to prioritize your own life, you can. The power is yours. It is within you. This quote is from the book Essentialism by Greg McKeon. Today, I want to talk about three key takeaways that reminded me that I have the control if I want it to make my life meaningful. Thank you for being here. Quest for You is all about how to become your best self. And today, we're going to talk about exactly that. I have alluded to the topic today and the corresponding book in the previous episode, Essentialism. It's more than just a concept or a revolutionary idea. Essentialism is a way of life. Or, as the author says, Essentialism is not a way to do one more thing. It's a different way of doing everything. It's a way of thinking. Which makes this book more than just another motivational book that you enjoy while reading it, but that you quickly forget about once you put it away. Essentialism is an alternate approach to life. And while a lot of examples in the book are work-related, it does become clear that one can be an essentialist in all areas of life. Have you ever found yourself stretched too thin? Do you sometimes feel overworked and underutilized? Do you feel motion sickness instead of momentum? Does your day sometimes get hijacked by someone else's agenda? Have you ever said yes simply to please and then resented it? These are questions that I pulled from the author's website. And yes, I think everyone reading them will answer yes to at least one of them. And yes, this makes it look like some cheap marketing strategy trying to sell the book to everyone. But I do have to say, I like the third question. Stretch too thin, sure, a lot. Overworked, underutilized, happens in every job I've ever had. Other people's agenda, yes, we find our days hijacked at times. And we all say yes more than we should. But... Do you feel motion sickness instead of momentum? I like this question. In fact, I feel like it all the time lately. I'm running around all day and yet at the end of the day, I didn't get done what I set out to do. I have to be honest though, I do get things done. My car is filled with garbage bags full of clothes and shoes from a week's worth of cleaning out my closets. At work, I'm heavily involved in a major project that takes a lot of my time. I'm busy doing, but I'm often not happy with the things I do accomplish because they're not what I wanted to accomplish. The goals I write down in my planner every Sunday when I plan out my week, those don't seem to get done. McKeon defines essentialism as follows. Essentialism is not about how to get more things done. It's about how to get the right things done. It doesn't mean just doing less for the sake of less either. It's about making the wisest possible investment of your time and energy in order to operate at our highest point of contribution by doing only what's essential. While I like what he's saying here, I want to be honest and tell you that I think it's very difficult in practical terms. Knowing what is essential at all times requires constant thought and evaluation. One minute I may have decided what matters and I'm all in, but then the phone rings and a friend really needs me to talk through a complicated matter. Meaning, what is the right thing can change on us in an instant? 
I thought I did many right things before the pandemic hit. But now we're all asked to reevaluate what's right. Maybe we were involved in some essential activity that has now been stopped. And now we have to figure out what the new essential activity is. So while I think essentialism in practical terms can be a challenge, I do think that this book provides a few very helpful solutions to questions of how to best navigate the complex web of too many opportunities that we all find ourselves presented with every single day. For example, as I'm writing this episode, text messages are popping up in the right-hand corner of my screen, and I'm trying very hard to not look at them so I don't get pulled into a different opportunity. I remember speaking in past episodes that now we can live our lives almost entirely from our homes. Little did I know that we would eventually have to do that for the majority of our week. Even without commuting, without going to the gym, and many of us don't even go to the store for groceries, but they have them delivered. We're now spending more time at home than we ever have before in our lives. Yet, we are still bombarded with opportunities. I feel almost as if before I had fewer distractions because I wasn't receptive to them. Because I was not at my desk and looking into a bright screen all day long. I wasn't exposed to so much information. I was engaged with the world by interacting with the world. Time was determined by being in a given place. The time I had to be at work, the time I planned on being in the gym to get my workout in, the time I had to leave the house to arrive at my Toastmasters meeting or the yoga class. Now, everything is instant. I click on a link in my Google Calendar and boom, yoga starts. I leisurely end work around 5 to go for my afternoon walk, but sometimes it's 4.30 and sometimes it's 6 by the time I go. Hours run into each other, days run together. Everything is more fluid because we have more time. And this also makes us more susceptible to wasting it on non-essentials. Here's what the author describes the non-essentials are. We overvalue non-essentials like a nicer car or house, or even intangibles like the number of our followers on Twitter, or the way we look in our Facebook photos. As a result, we neglect activities that are truly essential, like spending time with our loved ones, or nurturing our spirit, or taking care of our health. You see, both the essential and the non-essentials are different for everyone. I'm not spending my time looking for a nicer house, but I may lose a lot of time on the REI website surfing, camping, or climbing gear. The messages that pop up on my screen may not be essential right now, but could be at a different time. So again, defining what's essential and non-essential can be challenging. Being an essentialist can be hard. But yet, I don't want to distract from the value that this book offers. Specifically, I want to highlight three key areas that this book reminded me of that are important and that we have to consider whether we feel like we want to live or can even live an essentialist lifestyle or not. Number one, it reminded me of my power to choose. Sounds obvious. We know we have a choice with most things in our life, but do we always remember that? I think so often we feel we need to attend to everything that comes up right away, 
the text message popping up could be important. We could be missing something on social media, so we need to check it frequently. We remember something we need to purchase, so why not do it right now in the middle of working on this report? Every tiny problem that arises seems urgent. Why? Because we have the power to solve it almost instantly. Before smartphones, we waited to get home from work to listen to messages on our answering machine and to check the mailbox for any letters from friends. In Europe, I remember when I was growing up, stores closed at six. So if you remembered something you needed a little too late, then you had to wait till the next day. And then there's this quote that I really like from the book. By abolishing any chance of being bored, we have also lost the time we used to have to think and process. I remember the endless hours I spent as a kid walking home from school. I didn't have a cell phone. What did I do? I only remember I was singing a lot, making up songs and daydreaming. But anyway, airplane mode. A friend reminded me of that function on my phone, which is available to all of us. We can choose to use it. The author reminds us that we don't have to do it all. And I think a lot can start with our devices. By allowing them to interrupt us at any time, we forfeit our power to choose. Because once they beep and ring and flash, choosing becomes much harder. So I encourage you to take this with you today. You can exercise the power of choice. This means becoming more deliberate about your day by consciously deciding what and who is important at any given moment. If you want to get something done that requires an hour or a day of your time, make that time and don't allow it to be taken away. And yes, this may require some preparation like airplane mode, like going to a different part of your house or somewhere else altogether. But this is all part of choosing. A second big reminder was that in order to be effective, I need to be selective. I especially like the following phrase from the book. If it isn't a clear yes, then it's a clear no. Another way I often ask myself is, am I going to be in 100%. If not, then it's best not to even start. And I need to apply that question to not just the big decisions in my life, but also to the everyday activities. Do you sometimes find yourself reading information on stuff you know you're never going to need? For example, I have a friend who is in the process of looking for a house to buy. So whenever he finds something he likes, he sends it to me. And this happened earlier today. Well, Suddenly, after looking at the house he sent, I found myself looking at all the houses for sale in my area. And I even just told you I'm not even looking for a house to buy. So the clear yes also applies to our time. It's okay to evaluate something for the purpose of making a decision. I looked into composting once and read all sorts of information about it. And then I decided against it for various reasons. But sometimes the idea still comes back and I have to remind myself that I already made the decision against it. There's no need to spend more time reading about it unless, of course, my circumstances change. I like this quote from the book. The fear of missing out goes into full effect. How can we say no? The offer is right here for the taking. We might never have gone after it, but now it is so easy to get, so we consider it. But if we just say yes because it's an easy reward, we run the risk of having to say no later 
to a more meaningful one. Who cannot relate to this? Because something was easy, we said yes. A party invite at the neighbor's house, easy, just walk across the street. But not, but we're not really even close to these people, and then we get an offer to do something much better, and we feel bad. I've been there many times. In an effort to just fill up my weekends, I used to say yes to a bunch of stuff I didn't even enjoy doing. But being selective means we have to think about what matters to us, and we have to be okay not getting it without getting anxious and grasping for the next best thing. Our world is full of opportunities. Every day I get many of them in my inbox. Articles, offers to take a course, or clothes to buy at a special price, and so on. With every email I open, I say yes to someone or something because I'm giving them my time and attention. We have to remind ourselves to be selective. What deserves your attention? your time, your energy? Are you even in the process of buying clothes? If you're not looking for any clothes, why open an email that is offering clothes? This is the kind of deliberate, selective process that we need to go through if we want to protect our time. And we have to think about this, not just once in a while, but every single day. Yesterday, I wanted to finish this exact episode, but instead, I got lost in the stock market. Today, I have selected that only this episode matters, nothing else. My phone is in the other room, and I turned my Wi-Fi off on this laptop, and there is a lot I could or should be doing right now. But there's only one thing I decided I want to be doing. When we think about the many opportunities that we have in life, to choose amongst many great different paths, I like the three questions that the author poses in this book. What am I deeply passionate about? What taps my talent? And what meets a significant need in the world? If you are lacking direction at the moment, start there. This doesn't need to be a career change, but it could be a volunteer opportunity, helping a neighbor out or cleaning up in an area in your community. I really like these questions as a starting point to something new or simply to help us get back on track when we find ourselves lost in too many things. And lastly, and this one to me is really the key to living a more essential life, is to cut out options. He says in the book, the way of the essentialist means living by design, not by default. The default is, thanks to our modern lifestyle, lots of options. My weekends in nature have taught me that we need very little to be happy. Unfortunately, our environment wants to tell us that we need a lot. And when I looked at my overstuffed closets last week, I realized I was hanging on to stuff because I thought I needed it. But the fact that I didn't even wear any of these clothes was a clear indicator that I didn't really need them at all. So the question of need is a great way to begin designing your life. These days, my purchases are all based on need, like the gear I will actually need when I'm sleeping outside in a tent or climbing a mountain covered in ice. In the past, (laughs) I bought things like Michael Kors purses because I thought I needed them. I allowed the world to tell me what Janine needs without ever questioning what I really needed. And you see the difference here. Needing it because we're going to use it versus 
needing it because it makes us somehow feel better. And this goes back to the three questions I listed earlier, and I'm going to read them to you again. What am I deeply passionate about? What taps my talent? What meets a significant need in the world? I would add a fourth one that we should not underestimate, and that is what makes us happy. Design your life around that. I haven't turned the TV on once during this pandemic. I've considered it many times, but I know that once I turn it on, I'll keep turning it on over and over again and never finish the book that's more important to me. Cutting out is hard, no question, because it means saying no. But as the author writes, eventually, every cut produces joy. Maybe not in the moment, but afterwards, when we realize that every additional moment we have gained can be spent on something better. And he also says, to apply the principle of condensing to our lives, we need to shift the ratio of activity to meaning. We need to eliminate multiple meaningless activities and replace them with one very meaningful activity. And while I love these statements in general, I want to add one thing. And that is that sometimes there is value in meaningless. And I can attest to this because these last months have been hard, not just on me, but on everyone. There have been times where I needed the lounging around, the sleeping in, the evening, night watching TV is something you may have needed, or just getting lost on the internet. We sometimes need those moments, and we shouldn't beat ourselves up. But if your days, your weeks, your months get lost in the meaningless pursuit of nothing, it is time to pause and reflect. And again, those three questions can be a great way to start. There's a lot more in this book. For example, he talks at length about the power of saying no, and he even gives examples on phrases that we can use that offer a polite no. Overall, I think it's a great read. I sipped through it and I got a lot out of it, and maybe you do too. I want to end this episode by leaving you with this quote. Of all forms of human motivation, the most effective one is progress. Every time I finish an episode, I record it, I edit it and post it, as I'm soon going to be doing with this one, I feel this momentum again. And I want to do more. This, to me, is the best indicator that I'm on the right track. I don't feel motivated after non-essential activities. I may feel accomplished and happy that they got done, like cleaning out my closets, but I'm probably not ready to do more of it. And I think this is how you can tell what is essential in your life. It gives you that energy and that spark that you want to do more and go further. So just get started. Because small progress motivates you to do more. And if you don't want to read this book, you can start with this episode. Remind yourself of the power to choose. Be selective amongst the many options you are presented with every day. Pick the ones that are meaningful to you. And then cut out the other options. Clear your path. I look at it as like cleaning up the weeds that stick out and that call our attention. Cut them out so you can focus on what is essential. I hope this helps you. If you have questions, feel free to reach out. If your curiosity is piqued, maybe you want to read this book. Thank you for tuning in and uh, I can't wait to talk to you soon. Much love.